from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can also ask your smart speakers to hang out with us. Just ask them to play ESPN Radio. We spent much of today reacting to the game last night between the Warriors and the Lakers. The Lakers get the win and now find themselves up 3-1 in the series. What should we make of it and what's coming next? Well, we're going to grow the Wolfpack by one. We're going to get some expertise from our buddy Tim Legler, ESPN NBA analyst Legs. Thanks a lot for hanging out with us. We've been talking a lot about all the different angles on this game today, but maybe one of the most, uh, I, I think, uh, interesting conversations was about the Warriors' shot selection towards the end of the game. For you as a player, what did you make of their shot selection down the stretch? Yeah, definitely not what they were looking to get, not the quality of shots that you would hope for in a team that is known over the years for ball movement, player movement. You know, and what that can do to a defense. I thought, you know, they, they did some things to help the Lakers um, in those situations, not just shot selection. They also had some costly turnovers. Um, you know, the illegal screen set by Draymond, the turnover down three when they try to get that play for Clay in the corner, and, and the Lakers switched it. Draymond throws it away. I blame that more on Wiggins, actually, than Draymond for not cutting hard. Uh, you know, even the last play, when Curry ends up with the ball in his back, he's still got a chance to call a timeout four seconds to go, and nobody thinks to do it. And he throws the ball away. So between that and then the, the shots that Clay took, and he's getting a lot of criticism today for two of those. One of them I have a problem with, one I don't. Uh, and then Curry, the two he got on Anthony Davis. First one, if you go back and look at that, that was more about AD than anything. Curry hit him with a full bag of tricks and crossed him up, turned his hips completely away from him at one point, and AD still had the determination to take one more step and then the, the athletic ability and length to contest that. But that ball was halfway down. And that's a, you know, an awkward one-legged sort of shot for every player in the league except Steph Curry. That's a very makeable shot. The second one, when they get the offensive rebound, kick it out to him, he bailed AD out because he didn't make a move at all off the dribble. He just pulled from you know 30 feet with a hand up, a uh, long hand. And I thought he would have been better served in that situation maybe passing and chasing and get AD to now see how they react to that. If you've got to go chase Curry, it's one thing to guard him in a stationary position like that. It's another thing to chase him around and communicate switches. So any number of things, that's about six possessions I listed, any one of which go differently, there's a decent chance the Warriors win. And if Lonnie Walker the fourth doesn't turn into Vinny Johnson, uh, they'd probably win that game too. Now, Legs, I'll tell you, LeBron James I thought was phenomenal. Um, I think his aggression – Right from start to finish, being intentional, using his you know his size and strength against defenders in the post, and having the mindset, you know what, I'm gonna get a bucket here, no matter what the circumstances are. Also, his high basketball IQ on the defensive end. When you see you know the Warriors trying to get that three pointer to Clay Thompson at the end, but him directing traffic on the defensive end. And I think another thing that stood out to me, Lex, that a lot of people aren't mentioning today, at the 6:05 mark, Darvin Ham tried to take LeBron James out of that game. LeBron James didn't, didn't even go sit down on the bench. He understood the circumstances yeah. and understood that he had to go back in that game because of his presence alone and how meaningful it was. What, what, is, are, what are some of the things that you've seen from Le- LeBron James last night in that pivotal game four win? Yeah, I, I think he's in a great place right now because he also has, has some teammates now 
that he's got a lot of trust in that he didn't have beginning of the year, he didn't have last year. He's got trust now in some of these guys, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, uh, Dennis Schroeder. Last night, even Lonnie Walker the fourth comes in, hits a couple shots. Next thing you know, LeBron is deferring to him at a couple times where you know he's saying, no, you go. Um, so that, put, that puts him in a good place. It doesn't put all the pressure on him right, to make every play. He's using his size and strength against a smaller team to get switches against who he wants to play against because the Warriors are switching far too much, in my opinion. I, I don't think you just switch as a rule if it's not advantageous to you most of the time. And when you switch against him with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, any of those guys, that's not an advantage for you. And I don't know why the Warriors are giving into that so easily. But every time they do it, LeBron is getting into the paint and causing problems, whether he gets fouled. He got an off- a key offensive rebound last night in that situation. He got fouled twice by Curry. And another time he drove in, and it, because he drove on Curry and beat him, he had to get help, and then he drops it off to AD for a five-foot shot. So I just think he's, he's being smart about not bailing the Warriors out by taking the shot they want him to take. He's not settling for that. He's getting what he wants and taking advantage of the physical attributes that he has, which in this series are considerable because the Warriors have such small teams on the floor all the time. Legs, you've mentioned Lonnie Walker a couple of times. Obviously, everybody's talking about his great game last night. Why? What did he do that made it so special for him? How was he able to do it? Well, first, let's just talk about the fact that you're sitting there all night and you're not, you haven't played Right, and this is a pivotal game in the series. I mean, there's a there's a ton of pressure, ton of pressure in that building because you lose that game, you shrunk this down to best of three, and you got two of those on, on the road. I don't think the Lakers are winning that series if they lose last night. So, so you think they're sitting there watching your young player, haven't been playing, haven't played in this game, and now you're thrust into a situation where they need some offense to put you in the game. And, and it's one thing to, to get on, get thrown into a situation where hey, maybe somebody got hurt or there's foul trouble and you weren't in the rotation and now you're playing in a significant moment. But a lot of times guys will come out there then and they just kind of get out of the way and they try not to turn the ball over. They try to guard somebody, like, you know, contribute somehow. He came in throwing darts. I mean, he's like, give me the ball and let me go. I, I don't know if I've ever seen that level of confidence from a young player in that type of spot ever because that's how that's the look in his eyes where he was so sure of the outcome. So, and I can't emphasize enough how hard it is to do uh, to stay mentally ready and then physically pull off what he did, which is make six shots in a row where the ball's not even hitting the rim, you know, against against the team that's a defending champion. And they look shocked by the whole situation. So he bailed them out last night because I think the Warriors, that was a game for them to win. They go up nine. Lonnie Walker hits two or three baskets during that stretch to get it back to tied. I mean, without that run he has, I think the Lakers lose, and they probably lose this series. That's how important and monumental what he did was. A lot of unknown coming into – going well, actually going into game four last night was Anthony Davis. Could he have back-to-back games? Well, he did that. 23 and I believe 15 rebounds was very pivotal in what he wanted to do and what the Lakers wanted to do from an offensive and defensive standpoint. Does he have the capability to do it three games in a row, Legs? Well, listen, he's got the capability. Does he have the innate competitive will? That's what I want to know about Anthony Davis. Now, you can't fault the fact that you know, he's put together back-to-back games and now they put the Lakers in a really good position in this series. And, and you know, as he goes, they go. It's just the way it's going to be because he's such a difference maker. 
There's no matchup for Anthony Davis. Nobody has one, especially the Warriors. So if he comes with the right competitive will to be great, to do damage, to be the best player on the floor, like if, if, you, if you leave your house to go to the arena and that's where your mind is, yes, he's capable because he has all the physical tools necessary. But to answer your question, I mean, some, there are some things, man, I try to do as best job I can breaking this stuff down and telling you what, might, uh, what, what you might are about to see, what you just saw, things like that. Some of the stuff, it's impossible to know until we see it. So because he has a track record of being quiet on given nights when you don't see it coming, so who knows? Your guess is as good as mine. We're going to find out. I mean, they have a little bit of room to play here. Uh, I think the Warriors win game five. So you're talking about having one more home game in this series. And, and that's the one he better make sure he leaves his house with the right mindset. Because if it isn't a game six and, and, and the Warriors, you know what they're going to be coming with. If Anthony Davis, for whatever reason, doesn't show up in that game, the Warriors can come back and, and make, do something historic against LeBron and, and come back from a 3-1 deficit. Well, stick there for a second, Legs, because like I hear it. It's the Warriors. They can do anything. I understand that. But also, as we've talked about, turning over the ball seems to be part of their DNA. They're not shooting as well as we expect them to shoot in these opportunities. Some of their side players are sort of letting them down. So how, what's your level of confidence that Golden State can actually come back and win this series? I'm, I'm Put it this way, man. If, you, if you're asking me to put a percentage on it, yeah, I still feel the Lakers right now probably have a 75% chance winning the series. That's 25% is more than I would give just about any team in this situation if you're down 3-1. It's because of who it is, because of the unique nature of these, this group of guys and, and, and the unique nature of Steph Curry and what he is capable of doing on a given night. If you go back and look at all of the missed shots Steph Curry had at the three-point line last night, you tell me how many of those are not makeable shots for him. It's not as if, you know, Cleveland the one year in the finals, they basically, every time he crossed half court, they double-teamed them. So he had to give the ball up all the time. And then Andre Iguodala ends up with the finals MVP. Okay. Steph Curry is not seeing that. He is, he is, he got to places last night. He got good looks. He didn't shoot well. Steph Curry's capable of having a 40 point game, you know, at any time. And, and Clay Thompson has not been very good here the last couple of games. You know, there's more there for him. I'm not sure about Jordan Poole anymore. He might, he, I don't know if we see him in this series do anything because I think, I think he, the, game, the end of game one has affected him. The criticism he took, the amount of, 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 you know, of people coming at him, and he's a young player, so he's probably looking at social media. He's probably engaged and hearing all the chatter. He's been moody ever since. He doesn't look like his mind's in the right spot. I think he feels entitled to be given stuff rather than go earn it. He's in a bad place, so I don't know we see him. But Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, Wiggins, Draymond, like this group, they're capable, man, of – so, so let me ask you a question, because uh, this is an interesting thing. Because I think a lot of people now just we, we want to put people to bed when they get to three wins in this in the, at this network. Every time a team gets to three, we are they done? It's like, well, not yet, not this team. Because what if they win just one home game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, think they're going to win tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Aren't you going to feel a lot different about that game six? Like you're, you're going to be like, okay, man, now it's a series. And now it's the Warriors, and what if that game's tight in the fourth quarter, which two of these games have been that they've lost? You're going to tell me they can't find a way to win that and get it back to, to, to the Bay? I think they are capable, at more so than most teams would be. I'm not betting on that, but I just think it's silly to think, oh, the Lakers figured this out. Remember, they had, they had two possessions inside of 10 seconds to win or extend the game. I mean, that's, that's how fine a line these, these games have been. 
Two blowouts, one either way, and then those two games. Lakers got both of those. I feel like the Warriors are probably due to win a close game in this series. Everything you just said, by the way, echoed our entire production call today as we tried to figure out that exact uh, nuanced conversation. Legs, always appreciate you, man. You make us smarter, you make us better at our jobs. Thanks for hanging out with us. Appreciate it, guys. Anytime. Tim Legler, ESPN NBA analyst. He's getting it done. Uh, getting it done brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call or click Granger.com or just stop by. Anthony Davis has been getting it done the last two games. Can he actually make it three in a row? We'll figure it out next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM, Channel 80. Long two is on the way, and it's good from Lonnie Walker. My goodness, Reeves corrals it, but that's the end of the game. The Lakers were able to dribble it out as the Warriors didn't even try to foul, and the Lakers take a 3-1 lead over the Golden State Warriors. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Got a James screen to his left. He uses it. He drives, puts up a runner that's good. Lonnie Walker has been the fourth quarter story for the Lakers. Long two is on the way, and it's good from Lonnie Walker. My goodness, Reeves corrals it, but that's the end of the game. The Lakers were able to dribble it out as the Warriors didn't even try to foul, and the Lakers take a 3-1 lead over the Golden State Warriors. It's the playoffs. It's a long series. You know, just be ready for when my number is called. The question was, could AD bring it two nights in a row? In fact, remember, AD told us he wasn't even aware of the criticism. But last night, 23 points, 15 boards, a disruptor offensively and defensively, and AD answered all of the questions, at least for one night, about the ability to bring it back-to-back. Now the question is, can he bring it back-to-back? back. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Presented by Progressive Insurance. HC, I got to be just honest with you, real transparent with you for a second. Mm-hmm. You know why I loved the stat line last night of 23 points? Because the uh, under was 24 and a half. So, yes, AD brought it, but I still <laughs> made money. Like, still, ka-ching, still was able to cash the check. Evan also cashed the check on this one. Like, well, this show was aggressively going after AD over and under. So, now that we've seen 23, I feel like I got to hammer the over for the next game even more than usual. Like, we, this was the under game. He was barely under. Next time, he's going to absolutely destroy the over. But, all kidding aside, and as much as my bank account thanks AD, uh, there was this moment of last night. It just felt like there was no drop-off. We've talked about efficiency rating. We've talked about points, but even the eye test, you can feel the difference. Last night, AD was AD, and watching it two nights in a row, it, it was inspiring to see and a reminder of how good they are when he's on. Yeah, 100% fits, and I think when you look at game five that's coming up tomorrow night, tomorrow night, I think it's three things that involves Anthony Davis that the Lakers should look at and also himself. Number one, they got to figure out something with this pick-and-roll defense with Steph Curry because – they're, uh, they're continuously exposing him in, in that capacity. I think number two, if your AD continue to be dominant on the boards as a rebounder, whether it's on the offensive end or the defensive end, just continue that dominance. And then the third thing I think 
be the aggressor, right? Don't wait for the game to come to you. Be aggressive. Try to force a guy like Draymond Green, who's guarding you now, to get in foul trouble because we know he is the best defensive player for the Golden State Warriors. So if he gets in foul trouble, now they have to take him, take him out. Now you bring in another guy who you know can't guard you as well. So you have to be the aggressor. Figure things out in that pick and roll defense because the Warriors start to expose that. That's the reason why they started, you know, Gary Payton II. Be dominant on the boards, rebounding offensively and defensively. But lastly, be the aggressor. Be aggressive on the offensive end. Look for your shot. Get, you know, the front line of the of the Golden State Warriors in foul trouble up. I won't say the, the big front line, but what they do have on the front line. Get those guys in foul trouble early. So they have to sit down, and then you could be even even more that more dominant. If you're Golden State and you want an Anthony Davis little nugget that you can hang on to, let's remember he played just over 43 minutes last night. That's the third most in any game this season, regular season and playoffs. Second most this series. The last time he played that, he played almost 44 minutes in game one. Remember, he was huge in game one. Game two, 11.7 boards. So if you are Golden State, you're hoping that even in giving us back-to-back games – he put so much exertion of energy into it, right? Like there was so much that went into it. Maybe he won't have it left. That's got to be your hope if you're Golden State. But I do think it's interesting that everything you're mentioning about AD and the advantages that he creates, there was one game where they were able to switch it up and really put him out of place. He adjusted since then. There has not been a counter-adjustment that has really worked. It feels like Golden State is throwing spaghetti against the wall. None of it's sticking because AD's full. He's just bigger, better, and a bad matchup for the for Golden State across the board. Well, you're talking about Golden State on the defensive end, right? Yeah. Where AD's on offense. Yeah, this is – but it's just the eye test when, when you look at this series, right? It doesn't matter who you have in there that's going to be guarding Anthony Davis. He's better than them. He's more skillful than them, and he's bigger than them, so he should be dominant in, like, every game that he plays. Now, I can get you may have a game or two that, you know, you may have a drop-off or something might, might happen and you're not as, as dominant, but you just look on paper, AD should win that matchup every time he's out there on the floor. It's just a matter of if he's engaged. Yeah, that's the craziest part of all of it is I don't know what to make because I, I am fully standing up and loudly saying – We spent a lot of time questioning whether AD could do it back-to-back. He did, and I think it's a little cynical and a little meh to come out today and say, well, yeah, but can he do it again? I mean, how many days in a row are we going to do this before we just have to acknowledge? So I Mm -hmm. want to acknowledge that AD was spectacular last night. AD was everything you could want him to be. I do think at the same time, not because of inconsistency, but just because of the amount of minutes played, it does as a better, for example, as a gambler on these games. I get a little nervous about the over on the next game simply because that's a lot of minutes and you're doing this every other night. That's just it's just it's just it, a lot it, of minutes. But but I'll tell you, it, it's still crazy and always build crazy to me that we're talking about this when it comes to a 30 year old phenomenal basketball player in Anthony Davis. But yeah. you do have the in, injury history that you can't ignore. And that's why we're talking about the minutes played for Anthony Davis is pivotal in this series, especially in game five when the Golden State Warriors are, are, you know, backs are against the wall. And you got two back-to-back dominant performances from Anthony Davis. So I do agree with you there, Fitz. Here's the one wild stat you need to know as we go. LeBron, everybody's going to tell you LeBron is 17-0 in series when they hold a 3-1 lead, which is incredible, right? But uh, let me give you the incredible other side of this. If the Warriors lose this series, this will be the first time 
in Steve Kerr's coaching career that he would lose to a Western Conference opponent. 19 straight series without a loss. Time for the longest streak by any coach. You you talk Mm. about just a streak. Something is going to end here, whether it's Steve Kerr or whether it's LeBron. Something is going to end on this. And the funny thing is we'll talk about Steve Kerr and LeBron for years because of it, but AD was really the key. That's all I'm saying. AD was really the key in all of it. We we will keep breaking down uh, this matchup and what to expect in the next game, but the Lakers are not the only team one win away from a spot in the history books. We'll talk to somebody else who's sitting right there next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. I'm of the mindset that Boston should still be the favorites coming out of the East. I still have them winning this series against the Philadelphia 76ers, and I'd have them meeting Miami, assuming they met Miami in the conference finals. Saturday, the stage is set. The XFL Championship. The underdog Arlington Renegades, led by quarterback Luis Perez, aim to pull off the major upset. While the D.C. defenders and star running back Abram Smith look to power their way to the title. Renegades, defenders, the XFL Championship game. Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern on ABC and ESPN+. Bring it in. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. And your smart speakers tell them to play ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz were presented by Progressive Insurance. As you just heard, the XFL Championship game will be this weekend. That means there will be an XFL today. I'll be hosting that with Scooby McGezzy. You can check that out on your digital platform Saturday before the game. One of the people that will be playing in that game, Jordan Ta'amu, uh, the D.C. Defenders quarterback, also significantly XFL Offensive Player of the Year. Jordan, thanks for hanging out with us. Congrats on the award. What did it mean for you in this XFL to win Offensive Player of the Year? Yes, sir. Uh, thank you for having me on here. Um, you know, winning that XFO Offensive Player of the Award uh, award meant a lot to me. Um, you know, just uh, meant a lot to me and my team. You know, I wouldn't be able, you know, to have this award without the team and the effort they put on put in each each and every day. So, uh, you know, love everything about our team, and you know, I felt like this was a team award. You know, it just wasn't myself being selected, but I felt like we all deserved it. And, Jordan, I thought this season you guys started off, you I mean, you finished the best rushing team in the XFL, but you started off very run-heavy. But your last five or six games, you know, teams tried to take the run away, and you yeah. became more of a passer within that process. 
how did you view things? Did Coach Keis, your offensive coordinator, set you up, put you in great positions? I understand you have to make the throws, but what all played into the pass game being so productive once teams start to take yeah. the runaway? Um, yeah, like, you know, it started started a little uh, more run game, like you said, the first couple weeks. And, you know, that's just that's just what the defense gave us. They gave us, like, our, uh, you know, a run defense. So we started running the ball, and, you know, that's what creates – um, passing lanes is once you start running the ball, then the defense start playing in, and that's when you can take te- deep shots. You can take the one on ones. You can, um, you know, kill them with the option game. So um, that's kind of what our offense is: is that we have different options where I'm making the decision, and and um, based on leverage, based on personnel, the defense can't be right. So um, you know, props to the O line up front for you know creating that, and then props to Abram Smith for always running hard, always downhill great smart running back who knows the game so um having everybody you know kind of just play their role and um and being bought into the system helps you know the pass game a lot we're talking to jordan tomu the dc defenders quarterback and it's interesting to me jordan because obviously you were around the xfl for the last iteration in 2020 as well and there was no championship that year because of covid and a lot of us lived through that weirdness what's it mean just for the xfl to get to a championship game Oh, it means a lot. I mean, I loved uh, the XFL in 2020 when I was back with the St. Louis Battlehawks. Um, you know, it was it was skyrocketing. It was just going upwards every game. And, you know, I felt like the XFL 2023 picked up where it left off. And to, you know, have more than five games and actually, you know, fight for a championship and a title, um, it's a true blessing. Great opportunity for everyone, not even just the players, but the coaches as well. And, uh you know, this championship is getting everyone excited, us as players as well. So we can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait to watch it. Now, the team that you guys are playing, the Arlington Renegades, this is a rematch. I was actually doing the last game that you guys played against one another in D.C. in which you guys won in overtime. What's something that you're going to be able to take from that matchup and use it to your advantage in the next next game, in the championship game coming up? Yeah, we're, uh, you know, Arlington's a really great team. We're not going to take them lightly, uh, no matter what their record is. I mean, everything is scratched, so we're we're zero and zero. And we're looking in, into this game, kind of learn from what our mistakes was uh, the first time we played them. Um, I felt like, you know, we didn't need to go into overtime, but we did, and we came up on top. And, um, you know, from the jump from this game, we just want to start fast. We want to get on top of them and, and stay on top and, you know, kind of just don't let our just don't put just don't take off our foot off the off the gas. So um, that's kind of our goal going into this is that um, we're not going to take a mighty lever. We're just going to play our game and score points. Oh, I'm glad you said that. Do not take your foot off the gas pedal. Cause see, I was just talking about the Lakers and how yeah. see when your opponent is down, you got to choke them out, Jordan. You got to yeah. choke them out. Don't let them back in the ball game, baby. Exactly. I feel like that happened to us, like you know, a lot this year where we let them come back and like. You know, we all we 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 just want to stay on top, and we want to finish uh, the right way. So, Jordan, exactly like the Lakers, they got one more game. Uh, oh, are, are you in on this? Are you a big Lakers fan, Jordan? We're, we're, we're just, just... No, I'm not. I just, I just, I just, I just love uh, watching Bron do his thing. That's uh, that, it's good. I mean, so far it's been delightful for all of us, right? So, I, I got to ask right. you, like, this has been interesting to me. The XFL has been very transparent about the relationship with the NFL, and even put out, you know, player yeah. tryouts and all these different things. How hard is it for you right now? Because you're focusing on on winning a championship where you are, but this is also the time of the year where the NFL starts calling. You've been around the NFL so much how hard is it for you to like to live in both of these worlds at the same time where you want that nfl opportunity but you're still focused on a championship 
yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I see a lot of, you know, quarterbacks getting picked up from this league and, um, you know, I'm just trusting God, trusting the process and everything that, you know, after this game this Saturday, then I'm going right into uh, a camp or getting invited to somewhere, uh, you know, for a tryout or something. So I'm just trusting the process right now. I know there are some teams hitting up my agent, so um, definitely they want me to finish strong here. I'll leave off on a good note and um, get get right into it. Jordan, last one I have for you. I don't think there's no team in the XFL from an offensive standpoint that utilizes, number one, the quarterback, the running back, the tight ends, the offensive line, the wide receivers yeah. like you guys do. And sometimes mm-hmm. that can be a challenge because everybody wants to eat. But I've also been yeah. over there with you guys and I've seen no egos, right? Guys just wait their turn and when the plays present themselves, they're there to make it. Why has right. it been so easy you know, for everyone to eat at different times, but the egos not get into the way of what you guys are trying to accomplish. Yeah, I mean, I felt that from day one where everybody wanted everybody to succeed. They wanted to win games. And, you know, we preached it from the beginning is that if you do what you need to do, the ball's going to come to you. If you block what you're going to block, we're going to score. And that's just what our offense is. If all 11 of us got to be on sync in order for it to work. And if one person's selfish, one person's not doing it right, then you know, it kind of screws up the whole play. I mean, it's not like defense where, all right, someone else can be there to help you out. But all 11 got to be on sync. And I think that's what we preach since day one is the details and just being uh, where you need to be. And everything else will kind of align. Just trust the system, trust the coaches, trust your quarterback. And, um, you know, they just gave – it just happens. It just comes to them. Uh, Jordan, I can only imagine there'll be DC fans at the championship game, even though it's in San Antonio. Uh, beer snake? We, yeah. Like, are we going to try and do the beer snake in San Antonio? How's this thing going to work? I, think, I don't know. That's what uh, that's what all the DC fans are talking about. They want to bring the, the the beer snake, and that would be so cool to see the beer. I mean, that would be amazing. That would just. I I think it's going to be. I think we lost Jordan there. We had him. But uh, uh, we lose. I think we've lost Jordan at the last. His cell phone just broke up on us. I hope, Harry, that they do the beer snake uh, yeah, more than it. Like, it's such a cool moment for the XFL. they got to bring the beer snake into the championship game. It's a great platform. Plus, I think it would give the guys, like, this huge WWA F80s, like, lift, right? Like, you see the beer snake in San Antonio <laughs> in the championship. I'm all in for that. Congratulations to Jordan, uh, to Amu. Not only is he going to be playing for an XFL championship, he was the XFL Offensive Player of the Year. Really fun to watch his rise. I feel like he's going to end up on an NFL roster somewhere this year. We appreciate his time as he's getting ready for a championship okay the lakers are a seven seed one win away from the conference finals and they're not even the biggest cinderella left in the playoffs we'll tell you about it next fits and harry on espn radio and the espn app whether you rent or own geico makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance go to geico.com today fits and harry the podcast Elevation without hesitation 
Gives it to Jimmy, driving right baseline. He flips it around for two more. He has 26. Game four. A long to the heat. And they lead this series. Three games to one. They just love to compete. Each game has been a different story. And, you know, we still, we still have one more to get. For all the conversation about a 3-1 series in the West, there's also a 3-1 series in the East as the Miami Heat beat the New York Knicks 109-101 to take a, to take a three games to one lead. And maybe even more disturbing than the Knicks' loss is what one of their stars said about it afterwards. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, were presented by Progressive Insurance, HD. You know how much mentality matters. Uh, I know how much mentality yep. matters to you, I should say. Heck, even when we talk about, you know, playing our kickball league, Harry's in here trying to figure out if we've got the right champion's mentality, right? Like, that that's huge. Mentality and knowing what you're bringing to the table is a huge thing to Harry Douglas, right? Yeah, 1,000%. One, 1, you know me like a book fits. See, I know this, and that's why I know that I need you to hear what Julius Randle Knicks forward said after the game when he was asked about the rebounding woes of the Knicks against the Heat, which particularly late in the game was a problem. This is what Randall said. It was just uh, maybe they wanted more. I don't know. That's been who we are all year, and uh, we got to find a way to you know, step up and, and make those plays if we want to keep the season alive. Maybe they just want it more? I mean, that, that, when I heard that, I just it immediately made me think, man, Harry's going to freak. Well, I think for me, when it comes to Julius Randle, when things are going great and things are going good, he's happy, you know, he's not on his soapbox. When things aren't going well, they aren't winning, then you get a different demeanor. Now, I'm not saying it's all kumbaya when you lose a game. So, yeah, you're supposed to be pissed off and ticked off. But I've seen Julius Randle have this kind of mannerisms and be in this manner when the Knicks have won, but he hasn't been phenomenal. Right, So it just comes off kind of weird. Well, guess what? You're one of the biggest guys on the floor for the New York Knicks. Get the rebound. Understand you had a good amount, but you're one of the leaders on the team. Talk it over with your guys. Hey, guys, we got to be committed to rebounding. We all got to box out. No one can leak out. All five of us on the defensive end, we got to rebound. I just don't think those mannerisms in the postgame are helping anything. And Look, let's not ignore this, though, Fitz. Do you know the Miami Heat should have swept the New York Knicks in the series, right? Yeah. Are we forget? We, let's not forget about. I think it was Game Two that the Knicks won. It was Jimmy Butler didn't play, and the Heat almost still won that game. It's, like I, I can't get that out of my mind right now. I think the wild part about this is I, I can't decide watching the end of it if it was effort or if it was just no legs left. Like, we all know the book on Thibodeau as a coach is that he just runs you ragged with minutes yeah. and eventually your legs sort of give out. I don't know if that's but what's happening but here. But, to, like, though, Fitz, but It's right. want to, man. You got to dig deep down inside. Like, this is the playoffs, man. You're trying to advance. You're trying to even the series up at 2-2. So, I, I, even if your legs are shot, so what? You going to tell me LeBron James' legs wasn't shot last night? When Darvin Ham wanted to give him a rest, you uh, gotta, you gotta, you gotta dig to a different place, man. I think that's the big thing that just sort of haunts us when we think about effort, right? Because I get it. Like, look, I don't know if you guys know this, but 
I go to Orange Theory, and there are just days, you know, when you're on Orange Theory, <laughs> you're on Orange Theory, and you're running on the treadmill. Like, you know, I've got this, some issues with my calves right now because they're getting rock hard, and all of a sudden with these massive man calves, like uh, sometimes whoa. they start to tighten up. And when my when my calves are getting a little too tight, like sometimes I, I'm what? not. I'm not running as fast. Like I can't set a, per, a PR every day. I can't hit my records. I'm trying. I'm trying. But some days, some days the body just doesn't cooperate. So as a natural athlete, I want to just sympathize with athletes that are out there. Like some days your body doesn't cooperate. The problem with that is then I watch LeBron. And that's what you can't take away, especially when you are talking about any night where you're seeing the same thing in back-to-back games. I watched the Heat game. I watched the Knicks game. I watched the rebounding issue in the second half, and I wanted to get benefit of the doubt, like, man, their legs are just shot. And then you watch LeBron, who's older than all of them and shouldn't have this much gas left in the tank, and all I can think about is, man— LeBron's give a you-know-what did not have any problem. And LeBron didn't have to say anything because LeBron was doing it on the court. Like, he was doing it in a way where, Look, man, if he's what? doing it, everybody else needs to. Like, and that's what— Guess that, what, though? What? There's a guy in this, in, this, in this series alone that I know is dirt dog tired game in and game out. Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. He finds a way. You can't tell me in the Milwaukee series Jimmy Butler wasn't dirt dog tired playing all those minutes and have to be the catalyst and the engine that roared and gave the Miami Heat an opportunity to upset the best team in the NBA. But see, when you're able to dig down deep and take your mind and your body to a different place, that's what separates certain people, certain players from other ones. That, that, that's, that's what we're talking about. Like it's, it's not much, but it is. That's why you have superstars and you have guys that can take their team to another level because they're able to do those things. And, and that's where we start talking about culture. And this is why the culture of the Heat gets some benefit of the, doubt, of, of the doubt because this is what Eric Spolstra, the coach of the Miami Heat, said particularly about his group after the game. We've had to find different solutions to win tough regular season games, games that we've just had to win the mud with uh, different guys stepping up. I think that beauty and the struggle has given our our group. They just love to compete, you know, and uh, and they have an awareness that uh, you know against a team like this, you're just going to have to do a bunch of different things. Each game has been a different story, uh, and that was probably 82 games for us. You know, we still we still have one more to get. So there's two guys on the Miami Heat team. One of those guys he doesn't play. His name is Udonis Haslam, and then you have the other guy in Jimmy Butler. You think those two guys are going to let players on that roster not give their all and do the little things right when it comes to a playoff basketball game? I answer the question for you. Hell no. Yeah, you're right. And even look like we mentioned the name a few times, but Bam Adebayo deserves a little bit more shine than he's getting all over the cross, uh, all over the place after a 23 point again game again last night. And you mentioned minutes, and I like I started this off by saying maybe the guys are being run into the ground, but. I'm looking at Jimmy Butler, 42 minutes. Bam Adebayo, 38 minutes. The end of a game, they had more gas in the tank. They had more give a damn. And, like, that is the thing that that is so hard, as I've said a million times with AD, and I'll apply the same standard to the Knicks. The one thing you should be able to control is your effort, Harry. And if you aren't bringing the effort, you got nobody to blame but yourself. Well, that's something that, you know, coaches aren't going to coach. Attitude and effort. Those are two things that when you come and show up, I'm not going to sit there and try to coach. I'd rather not have you, just to be honest. Now, we're just talking about it in, in, in general now. 
attitude and effort, those are things that you don't have to coach and, from guys that's in whatever sport it is or, or, or women. And that's also in life. Like, everybody yep. knows it. You got people that mail it in everywhere, and you just can't do anything about that. The biggest difference between the Warriors being down 3-1 versus having a 3-1 series lead? We'll tell you what it is. Fitz and Harry continues on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 